Hello everybody, welcome to Banana Split episode 20. Once again, we have our wonderful guests, the same guests in the house. We got David Baker. You're back, feeling good, loving every minute of it. My brown boy, brown chocolate goodness, and we've got Hazel, Hi. who is also kind of brown. <laughs> Thank you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, you gave, Both of you guys gave us uh, great thoughts on the uh, Justice League movie. Last and, week, uh, yep. And Patrick... Can you hear me from here, people with headphones? Probably not. Pa- I should, Patrick uh, is lounging. It's, yeah, I'm sitting on the bed, so it's very um, tempting to just lie back and, you know, let it all wash over me. The wonderful sounds of... I, I should check. Yep, we're rolling. Um, <laughs> a number of times I forgot to that one detail. I had to start all over again. Not good times. So this week we're going to focus a bit more on Hazel and find out what she's all about. Um, I'm not sure we touched on it last week that uh, she's a cosplayer. And also a very active in life in general. Life in general. I'm trying to think of an intersectional feminist and matriarchal queen of ponies. Thank you. Something about being a mage, whatever that means. Uh, Social justice mage. Social justice mage over warrior. Okay, so that makes more sense. I've never heard that before. Can I be a social justice paladin? Yeah. Not just warriors. Oh, God. That's just stereotype. Okay. okay. But as long as the social justice part's in there, everyone knows <laughs> what we're on about. So, yeah. And I've always been more of the, like, cisgendered, white, privileged male that just cringes at anything that smacks of inclusiveness or change. And I want it all dialed back to the 60s. And, you know, there's only two genders and all that sort of thing. Yeah, That's I where I started from. Yeah. I've, you know, over the years kind of learnt. Yeah, and I'm, a, and I'm an 80s thing. bitch, you know, I just want vanity and like no political correctness whatsoever. Mm. Um, it's just like it's fair game for everyone. Yeah, I'm definitely more of that libertarian um, bent as well, but with mine too. Like I've seen both ends of the spectrum. It can go too far either way. Like I'm in this insane Facebook group called the Aussie Man Cave and it's 140,000 people and I swear to God, 139,999 of them are outright fascists you know it's that's an overused term it's a bit like problematic how have you not been banned because all they're doing is just posting um you know like there's a lot of anti-muslim hate there's a lot of anti-gay like this whole yes vote thing that's come up recently that they'll post examples of political politically correct paraphernalia like flyers or like let's say schools related type stuff and then just that basically to them being anything that's not the standard you know, a nuclear family is mentally ill. So for me, that's been a real, like, I'm trying to force myself outside of my comfort zone and not live in an echo chamber, but it's really hard to confront those kind of... Um, the reality that there are people out there, and there's a lot of them, that do still live in that paradigm. Wow, yeah. we play different roles on that Facebook group. I'm the guy who identifies who the hot model is in the photo. I say, yes, that's porn star Kesha Gray. There you go. That's the thing. See, I'm doing God's work by letting these perverts know where they can find the source of just like, oh, I got this mobile screensaver. Who is it? I love it. You know. That's my that's my contribution. Well, I'm going to take a back seat in this uh, podcast because mm. I'm a simple man. I see Yamcha, I eat Yamcha. I just do work. I go home. I sleep. I watch a bit of Netflix. Can and you get chicken uh, feet. 
I love chicken oh, feet, man. Chicken feet's the best. It's not just going to be Netflix from now on because did someone just get a PS4? Oh, yes. Uh, by this episode being recorded, Black Friday sales in the house. Man, I just drove to JB Hi-Fi in my local town and it was crowded with like Asians just lining up for, for video games. I was worried, dude, where's the PS4? Is it out yet? Is it, is it sold out? It's like, bro, you're lucky. There's like two left. And uh, I, I just dropped the prices or something. Two hundred and seventy dollars yep. wow. for a PS4 and three games. Like that's cheap. Yeah, um, not three games. Um, just well, it's still original PS4. Oh. This the original PS4, normal. Mm. Oh, because you can get the um, one terabyte PS4, um, Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World, World War Two, and um, Wolfenstein Two at EB Games for two hundred sixty nine. I don't believe you because I just checked the website. No, you're lying. No, it's just... And plus, those are shit games anyway. <laughs> well, I'm play maybe yeah. we should go back to the topic at hand. You were talking about how you were interested in... <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough video games. What were we talking about? We can talk about video games. <laughs> What's your favorite mobile game? Because you said... the adults are speaking. We need yeah, to... <laughs> oh, God. At the moment, uh, I have to say... My Little Pony was actually one of my favorite. That's ones. a game too now. That is uh, a game with in-app purchases. Okay. Why uh, is there so much hate towards the like My Little Pony community? Honestly, it's probably because of toxic masculinity stereotypes and people who still bring with that with them. They don't leave it at the door, when even though they are the fans. Um, Wait, the, so the fans are toxic? Some of them are. Some oh. of them don't actually question exactly what they like about the show and why and why it's sort of forbidden especially for men more so than women I, I've actually been um, I remember in one of your groups I, mm. I was saying how I was a outright My Little Pony fan and one of the guys was like you're sick you're sick you're talking about Caleb no someone else oh, okay. you ended up banning him I think so do you think there's a psychological <laughs> yeah. subconscious of males drawn to this show more for like the rebellious thing of saying that of- I enjoy My Little Pony more than what the actual show uh, context and content is and no. what it means to general themes? No, I think the general themes and its content, which is actually by feminist uh, Lauren Faust, who Did is Did you suddenly amazing. get a lot quieter? I might have. Yeah. It's probably because I'm talking about My Little Pony, which I oh, love. Okay. You've reverted uh, to... What's, do you have a pony, like, persona? Princess you... Celestia. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I yes. feel a lot of the young men who... Uh, a lot of the young men who really like My Little Pony especially are aware that it's almost taboo for them to like it because of the way our society is structured. So uh, not everyone will question it straight off about why they like it. They just know they like it. Uh, And as I said before, Lauren Faust was one of the first people to start that show. She was like, she's done a lot of previous cartoons I think we would have all mm. seen and enjoyed at some point. Yeah, it's like I enjoyed the show for its content. Like I, 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 you know, I used to watch the 80s um, uh, My Little Pony because like it was in between ba- other shows I'd watch. Like as a kid, you just you just rolled on through the cartoons. You didn't change the channel because there was only it. three of them and yeah. you just huh. watched the shows. Yeah. Um, but then then I've, the most toxic thing I've heard about this community was um, a Reddit post years ago <laughs> where this guy had a um, uh, My Little Pony figurine in a mason jar oh, and he would jerk man. off Don't, into the jar to that. fill up the jar and he left the jar on his heater <sighs> And it caused the, the figurine to melt <laughs> inside his semen, and it turned uh, into like this really, weird coloured pasty melted yeah. um, pa- rainbow paddle pop. Yep, that, that is that, that is, is one that end is that sounds, of the, the fandom. The photo is worse than you could imagine. 
Thanks, David. That Thanks, was really David. contributional. <laughs> for that, that <laughs> lovely visual. That is, that is now I paint a good me- a mental picture <laughs> for our scene audience. Where the Hulk walks naked past Thor and he's like, that is now in my brain. Yeah. So, yeah, good we need some, um, God. not eye candy, but ear candy maybe to um, brighten things up a All little. All right. Um, so with Cosplay. my... Maybe. Well, uh, I'll just quickly go on yep. to say, when you were talking about the previous seasons that we would have grown up with oh, in the 90s yep. with My Little Pony, uh, there was this excellent YouTuber who has done a lot of analysis videos on that kind of content. If you watch those 90s seasons episode of My Little Pony and compare them to Friendship is Magic, they are the legit opposite. Mm. The takeaway is awful. I I can't even understand how you would think those values that they're teaching young children in those shows made it through. Was it just to consume? Obviously, like to buy the figurines and Probably, stuff? Probably, but okay. one of the storylines, for example, uh, is... Teddy is a little horse and he happens to like teddy bears. So he's in the backyard one day playing with his teddy bear and he's supposed to be like representative of, I think, an eight-year-old or ten-year-old. born with those names? <laughs> um, yes, actually. But, they, you know, like but... anyone, they can choose their own names. Oh, okay. So Just like you can choose your own gender. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, basically, um, Teddy's playing in the background and his guy friends see him take a photo and blackmail him with it of him playing in the backyard with his teddies with his teddy bear they're going to show it to the entire school and embarrass him but he's called teddy but his name is teddy and the girls who the 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 female ponies the girls who are watching you know friends with teddy teddy breaks down and tells them what happened and why he has to do all these horrible things with his with these guys And so they decide that they're going to use their feminine wiles and tell those boys that they really like it when boys act like babies. So they do that and they take photographs and then blackmail those boys to stop them blackmailing Teddy. And I'm like, you what? Wow. (laughs) Holy. But that's very subversive. Not even Degrassi would do that. They did that before South Park did it. Because remember when Cartman was having a tea party with his dolls? And then Polly Pishy Pants? Yeah. I thought that was original, but they ripped it off my little plane. Clearly. Wow. Um, but yeah, that, that's just sort of like watching that and then watching Friendship is Magic, which has completely different values, is mm. really interesting. If you ever do end up watching the show, you may notice that pretty much every power figure is a woman, uh, mm. is a female pony, or in some cases, unicorn, Just to be fair, Pegasi. 99% of the audience would be female. The we? most powerful mm. people in my world right now are all women. My mm. my mother, my my boss, uh, my girlfriend. Your I'm prime minister? Like, no, our prime minister, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Enough. Enough. Oh. To be honest, my, the best teachers I ever had were women. Um, oh, yeah. Most of your teachers would have been women. I agree with that, yeah. Um, most of your one, teachers one, would one have one been women. One of my history teachers was a dude and he was really good, but Jane in general. Um... Yeah, you're right. Uh, my mother, not a great example, but the two mothers of my children definitely control um, every aspect of the parent relationship in terms of right. But you're to talking the... about the domestic sphere. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just like you're, you're no, not saying, their roles or anything like that. More just per- just personality, strength, determination, motivation. Um, that's what I see uh, with, in. Um, okay. The, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, but um, what I'm saying, you seem to be reflecting more on your immediate domestic sphere. Mm-hmm. So that would be women who are f- family related mm. to you, usually. Um, although you did use the example of your boss, that would be foreign sphere. Yep. That's very unusual, I think, Where because are these not enough. Hmm? Is, this, is this feminist dialect? It, it or... is um, a particular feminist language. Right. Uh, oh. So when you say domestic sphere, you're thinking about the 
domestic. Mm. <laughs> and then when you think foreign, you think anything political out in the workforce that is outside of the home and the house. So one of the things that was an interesting reflection, it may no longer hold true for most men now, but a lot of young men were pushed out, urged out of the domestic sphere. Their space would be the garage, the shed. Whereas for young women, they would be taught as a child, your sphere is the home. You stay oh, at home. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, just a quick... No, yeah. no, that's very yeah. fascinating. It, it is interesting yeah. to know that yeah. there is different language when you talk about feminist theory. Yeah. And uh, it can be confusing because sometimes the language means something very specific for a very specific reason because you're trying to convey a very specific idea. Yeah. And um, that can often fail because, for example, racism has a new meaning now. It has a new definition. It has changed with time. Yes. We would have grown up at school with the definition of racism being discrimination against any particular race. Yeah. Um, now, however... Most uh, people who speak about racism in philosophy, when they're speaking about it, they, they're talking about institutionalized racism mm. because racism mm. isn't scientific. No. Racism is a political idea. Wait, it's still about race, right? Yes, but if you look at race, how do you define race? Well, the only do you base it on ethnicity? The ethnicity is... is, is isn't scientific at no. best because you you know there's blurred lines between them yes. like we're aware of that that's what i'm pointing out like we have been raised with the idea that it's black and white so there are you know black people white people and yellow people when in actual fact we don't actually fall into those categories particularly um uh, for example you know i'm eurasian i'm mixed yep. uh what category do I fall into? A pale yellow. There you go. That's apparently yeah, I mean, where I fall. For the minority of loud idiots out there that are racist, they would probably just come up with something like, oh, you're a mongrel, you know, or some oh, variant my, my, of that. My favourite so. was, uh, your opinion doesn't count because you're not the majority. And mm. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, that's um, a bit of a red flag to a bitch. But yeah, I just don't get how racism isn't about race anymore. Because race is a... No, no, it, it is about race. But yeah. you have to remember, race is a, an abstract concept. Race mm. is a political thing. It's a definition about a political idea. So when you understand that, then you understand that racism, its definition itself, has to reflect why it's political. So when you think about... <laughs> uh, sister, Sorry? Might have lost me a bit. Oh, okay. So when you think about uh, systematic institutionalized structures, so like how the prime minister would be a representation of the head of our government, that's an institution. Mm -hmm. So institutionalized means from the top down, Australia would be racist because, say, our prime minister was racist, therefore that would you would understand yeah. that his staff would be racist and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he is. <laughs> it's just this is my example. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very loose example. It might not be the best could, metaphor could it here. It could also be things like, say, uh, oh, it could be like he's bias, never say, been homeless. Or, uh, uh, I'm thinking of traditional institutions. Yeah, like other that, institutions include schools. Yeah, yeah where there might the be um, unwritten rules. or Exactly. Things that they don't experience. So, for example, uh, how many prime ministers have been homeless? Seven. Really? 
That's my guess. I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, I actually have to Google this. I'm not no. too sure. I don't believe any have been. And if they them. have been, they've been in the minority because most of yeah. the time their parents have looked after them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or they come from money or they were just um, – I think one or two of them didn't. But generally their legacy Did, uh, has carried Mark on. Become president, uh, uh, prime minister for five minutes. No, and I used to live around the corner from him. So no, he, was he, just, just he was in opposition, leader. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He was, he was no, opposition leader. He was definitely Hauso boy. So that's um, the only one I know was Paul. An example of when you say institutionalized, like this is a different kind of, I want to say, oppression to a particular example. Homelessness would be an example where, because from the top down, the policymakers have no idea what it's like to be homeless. Why would you expect them to make laws? that would help people who are, who that would know to cast these laws, that would know that these are the problems that are with the systems for people who are homeless. You, you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and so it's the same with they haven't lived their lives as a person of colour or a person of this religion. Yeah, it's a little bit different when it's a different kind of oppression. Like, yeah. It's really interesting. A lot of people um, I've had backlash with are like, uh, I've said, you know, as a person who is of white colour, you tend to not understand this lived experience and they go well I understand oppression I've been you know raised in a trailer or I have had no money most of my life and it's that's fine like that I'm not saying you don't have problems that's not the point yeah. the point that I'm trying to make is that your problems haven't occurred because of the color of your skin mm. yeah I get that yeah. Yeah. yeah the other thing I know it's kind of got off topic maybe but well we don't really have this specific <laughs> theme tonight. It's just all these issues are very fascinating. Mm. Most people I interact with are kind of in the same ballpark as me. Yeah. So, for example, if you call a group of people, it's not something I really do, but mm. I've seen it done. Um, hey, dudes, let's go. Or, hey, guys, come on. Um, we're all ready to go. Where are you out socializing with friends? Or you're, I've been on one of those, um, they're really good around the rocks. They do these ghost tours. Yeah. So there might be, or in a museum where it's a group of strangers, and the tour guide might say, okay, guys. We're going on to the next whatever. Um, and I saw a Facebook post the other week about how problematic that is because the women might feel somehow... Um, Forced out. Yeah, or like it, it's marginalized. A, it's a, it's and a I didn't subtle, understand that. I was like, it's a subtle... It, it's called, I think that's called a microaggression. I'm not 100% yeah. sure if it falls into that category, but it reminds me of that. A microaggression is death by a thousand cuts. So it's not like the, okay. it's not it's like paper cut. Yeah. Because my reaction to that was initially basically, I'm really glad that that's a problem. That means we're so comfortable. We're living in such a happy-go-lucky world that that's a problem. That's you know calling a group of people guys is now something to be upset about. That means we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I, that's that's you know, a fair take. We're not starving. Take. We're not you know fighting each other for. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it, it seemed like a really, really looking a privileged issue to yeah, be yeah. able to get to that stage, and maybe that's true. I don't mm. know. Um, I do know that in other countries, perhaps they have more immediate concerns. I think yeah. one, of, but the, that's the other thing is you have to remember is context is key wherever mm. you go. Uh, an interesting example it was. Uh, I can't remember. It was one of the countries where they were like, oh, women are oppressed. They need to be able to vote. And the women were like, no, we, we don't want to vote first. First, we want to do X, Y, and Z. We want to be able to leave our houses before we can vote. Yeah, or and, education. And, and, yeah, so yeah. context is key. Um, feminism, I find, changes with well, your location. Yeah. And so some people will come up with the idea that, oh, you know, this isn't a problem. It's like, well, it's not a problem for you. That doesn't mean it's not a problem. 
Um, so it's, it's interesting to be aware of that and that it, it can change with where you are and where you've grown up. So. And where do you stand on, say, I don't know if you've seen it, but Netflix had a series recently in which caused some controversy uh, called Death Note. And oh, yeah, there were some Note. accusations of whitewashing. It was whitewashing. Mm. That, that is whitewashing, yes. Um, it, it, it's, it's a broad category. Just keep in mind, when you say someone's being racist, that is a broad category of behaviour. Hmm. It doesn't mean this person is, you know, mobbing people, going out in the street and lynching someone. That does not, that's not what it means. It means this person, their actions have contributed uh, to the oppression or, you know, of a particular group. In this case, whitewashing. Hmm. So by choosing not to encourage a minority group in Hollywood when they had the opportunity to do so yeah. that is a um, you know that's almost an in- inaction and you know um, all well, it takes are you saying they should have every character that's part of the institution although that's, that's been that is part of the institution America is actually really interesting because yeah. Hollywood is what we call the movie industry because that is where the movie industry started with a bunch of white people and that's fair that makes sense why a lot of movies are white dominated and have been for centuries Um, i mean decades technically (laughs) and the problem is it's an encrusted barnacle where it takes it it might move a bit slower than society does well but it's kind of a feedback loop because then society takes cues from hollywood Well, it's also a really powerful medium um, Mm. to influence people's ideas. And Mm. that's why you have this global America, so to speak, is when we watch a film, it's aimed at the American audience and it assumes that we are all American. And we begin to pick up cues and just go, oh, it's an American thing. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Wait, that was last week. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, so, uh, yeah, it just sort of normalizes things that is very mm. typical of America because we all consume this medium. Now, what's really interesting is now we're having sort of rival countries, so to speak, have their own version of Hollywood, like China has. I think it released, it released that film recently that got called out by a few women who... Uh, like, not, sorry, not a few women. By a few people who felt that... Um, what's his name? In the Bourne Identity. What, Matt Damon? Oh, you're talking yeah. about The Great Wall. Oh, The Great, the Great Wall. Wall. Yeah. yeah. And that was actually we really interesting. I wouldn't necessarily classify that as whitewashing. I think it's interpretive. You could yep. call it whitewashing. But you have to remember, it comes from the country in power, yeah, I don't think which is China. Yeah. And China right. is actually placed Matt Damon there to gain access to the American audience. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually China turning around yeah. and having its thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not like yeah. the example of like um, The Last Samurai, where Hollywood has placed Tom Cruise in a Hollywood movie about, you know, Japanese yeah. culture. I don't think that was really yes. whitewashing either because it wasn't him pretending to be Japanese. Like back in the 60s when you had Bob Hope pretending to be an old Chinese man. Or uh, oh, God, some that other... was so oh, yeah. Are you thinking um, about Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, There's a few other terrible. examples. Like I think John Wayne was supposed to be Genghis Khan. Khan. Yeah, he played Whoa. Genghis Khan, yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. That's um, so cringeworthy. Which do these days, thankfully. Um, there was a recent uh, series being cast and then... The actor found out there was a lot of Twitter outrage because he was not Asian like the original character was supposed to be. So he actually quit. He had the job. It was a great opportunity for him, but he released a statement saying, I don't feel comfortable in this day and age and there's not enough representation, so I'm bowing out. And the new actor is Daniel Day Kim from Lost and Hawaii Five-0, who left Hawaii Five-0 because he wasn't getting paid as much as 
uh, the two white leads. leads. Yeah, that's that's a big and problem. Also the, other, the female. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a big problem that we need to address. People say there's no pay gap. I'm like, there is a pay gap. Oh, no, there is a pay there gap. There is a pay gap. I've, I've had men um, go on at me that I had to block because they would not accept that there is a pay gap. There is a pay gap. Mm. Uh, and it affects everyone differently. Uh, for example, I think women of color, usually black women, are the worst affected yes. when it comes to pay gaps. We're all affected slightly differently to different you're degrees. You're talking about in the entertainment industry. Uh, in not general, just into every in, in industry, every well, industry. To certain degrees. I guess you're talking about in white collar salary jobs where you negotiate for your pay. Mm, possibly, I'd have yeah. to look further into that. I'm not well, 100 sure from my understanding. A, I don't know. All the jobs I've had have been relatively blue collar, um, so there's been a, everyone's got paid the same. Oh yeah, that's. So when yeah. I ever heard those arguments, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. It's not like the female train guard that I'm relieving gets paid less than me. Oh, I can guy. see that perspective now. Yeah, that you makes a I mean? lot like of it, sense. To me, that's, that's almost every single job I've come across or had. Yeah. Because it's transparent. You're getting paid. It is. The, and the vast yeah. majority of industries, um, especially in our culture, what we're going, especially mm. in Australia, um, like the retail jobs or something like that, like is that where it's um, female workers in retail being paid less than male yeah. things or is yeah. it mainly just the blue yeah so it's mainly just the white collar it's more the age though. maybe back it's in the 60s that yeah. was the case where women's secretaries got less and all secretaries were women and so on but yeah oh there's now, still a lot of support staff I have to say yeah. who are women I would love to yeah. encourage men to please consider doing more support roles if you don't know what to do reception is an awesome role yeah. and mm. most most people can do it yeah, yeah. yeah. probably do that I'm great with yeah. people for sure. <laughs> um, have you seen the film um, Get Out? Yes. So oh, tell me movie. your thoughts on that. I think Amazing. in this discussion it's quite relevant, but yeah. I need to watch oh. that again. Okay. Um, not everyone is up to date, I'm going to say. I'm not going to presume everyone's up to date because I'm not even 100% up to date with the experience of, um, I want to say, Black Americans. I don't um, think I could ever be up to date with it. Yeah, no, we live in Australia. We're just we get a filtered encapsulation of what's happening. Hollywood um, with African American, um, you know, both in there where it's been political or um, environment. Like, I mean, we we hear about it. We know Black Twitter is a thing. Um, I have no idea how I would ever engage with it or why I would want to because I'm I'm not an audience. (laughs) Or white people. I don't know how you'd say it, but it's. W-Y-P-I-P-O. Oh, white people. White people. White people. And it looks like... <laughs> it's both white people, and at one point I thought it looked like white hippo. Um, <laughs> casual racism, yeah. It's totally no, it's fair. Right. I mean, considering they've been called every name under the sun for the yeah. last how many centuries? Yeah, they get a I, you know what? If, if they want to, you know, call yeah. us whatever they want to call us to make them feel better, go for it. I'd, I'd re- It doesn't hurt yeah. us. It really doesn't, because guess what? The people who are in power are primarily white. Yeah. Especially in America. Yeah, no, it, to me it comes back to that whole thing of a group of people being called guys. Like, I can't be offended by a term on Twitter. I mean, it just shortens it, whatever. But um, back to Get Out. Yeah, that's not that I can ever assume what ex- the experience is like. That's probably the closest I imagine I could have of a glimpse into that world. Well... Of being mm-hmm. in that space absolutely um one of the things that i have come across a lot um online when i speak to usually women of black women of color uh is they talk about black men and they do not talk about black men in the same way they speak about white men Mm. because there are different systems that are affecting them when they say romantically date a black man or romantically date a white man because there's a different power structure happening there which i think is definitely worth Taking Did you ever read the letter that Tupac wrote to Madonna 
No, I did not actually. Um, what, what did he do? He apologised for breaking off the relationship. Uh, he, was in, he was in jail at the time when he wrote it. This is obviously um, a few years before he passed, but basically they were dating for a while, mm. um, and he broke it off. And when he had time to sit down and reflect, he felt like he had to apologise. But what he told her was that he felt it was a betrayal of his fan base to be dating a white woman as a, um, a they, black man mm. that was, you know, basically on the, at that time... A prominent black people. figure. Yeah, yeah. Pro very prominent, very popular male, you know, and role it, model. And that, you know, he was getting a lot of flack for, um, you know, basically doing that, that sort of cliche thing where as soon, as soon as... It's like white Irish Americans and Mexican girls. It's one of those cliches. As soon mm. as a black male gets any kind of money or power, they start dating white women. Oh, I think it's called the paper, paper bag yeah. test is the other one. Whoa. Have you heard of the paper no, bag test? No, I'm intrigued. Uh, hold up a paper bag to the women who are married to the men in power, and if they are about as dark as a paper bag, you'll notice straight away how many of them are. I'm, what? So colorism is another thing in the community. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know it affects the African-American and black American. So paper yeah, bag, um, generally that kind of tan, you're saying that's a lighter... I'm saying that it's called colorism, so it's actually into shades now. So in a lot of Asian countries, um, for example, colorism is a thing. They say, don't go dark, you know, bleach your skin. So whenever you, if you've ever traveled to an Asian yeah, country, yeah. you'll the notice, especially like China. Bleaching and there's yes. a reason for that. It's, it's very much a class-based issue because yes. dark skin is an indicator you're, you're a farmer, yes. you're poor. Um, so it, it's more or less, you know, if you're lighter skin, um, you know, you're not working. And you're then they look at your hands in general as well. Mm. And yeah. that came about before European colonialization that's as well. Right. That was already a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you call it colorism, not racism, because yes. here it is Asians usually discriminating against other Asians. Or in this case, it would be, say, the black community pointing out that those who are of fairer skin have different issues. Mm. Yeah. From my understanding, because like as someone who is Chinese, uh, half Chinese, I am quite light of skin. I notice it when mm. I go in to China. Everyone's like, you're so pretty, your skin is so fair. And I'm just like, what's wrong with darker skin? There's nothing mm. wrong with it. There's a different world over there. It though. is. Yeah. And I notice it's, it's not necessarily what they say to me. It's what, they, what they're not saying mm. as well, which is kind of telling. What about within your own family, your relatives? What's, what do they say to you and what's their uh, views? Uh, when my grandmother, when I was little, because I have curly hair, my grandmother used to call her her little Western doll in Chinese. That's real? Yeah, she, uh, her porcelain doll. I thought it was um, used curlers. What, what? <laughs> the hair, it has yeah. a life of its own. It likes to crawl into people's mouths when they hug me. Uh, mm. <laughs> mm, satisfying no, and tasty. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they, it's, it's definitely been a thing, I'm sure. It's just most of my family has all come from the same area, from the same village, pretty much, you know, on my mum's side. Uh, and they were all quite light of skin. So I really can't speak for how that would affect in China. I just know it does. And I can therefore relate to how I would imagine it would therefore affect, to some extent, the black community in America. I can't really speak for them. I'm just aware that it would probably be a thing uh, and is a thing from what I've heard. What do you think of transracialism? Is that something that should be, um, what's the word, Con Condemned. Encouraged or condemned or you know tolerated or like, like I said, race is poli a political thing. A woman in America who There's was telling everyone she was you know a person of color and then 
had white, very white parents. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Turned up and went, yeah, not not so much. That's another thing is um, race is politicized. Your, yeah. When we had Ghost in a Shell recently, mm. you compared the two. I remember when we were chatting, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't understand what the difference was. Oh, well, you did afterwards. After I pointed yeah. it out, they, they're very different things. Um, in Ghost in a Shell, the re- uh, she's a Japanese woman transferred into a, a body that is technically white-looking yeah. without her memories. Yeah. So she would adapt, and that's the body she knows. The thing is, the reason it's a white body is because Japan, like China, mm. has this obsession, obsession. with fair skin and that's European right. fe- anglicized, angli- Europeanized features. Let's say that. I can't yep. talk right now. Um, and we have European beauty standards usually pushed at us, which is interesting because there's a lot of um, different areas from China that, that naturally have those same features. So yeah, that's so kind was, of interesting. How much of it is pull and how much of it is push? I don't know. I think. It's, and it talks about the surgery as well. Like yeah. a lot of Chinese um, workers, who are like especially women who travel from villages to like the corporate world in Shanghai, um, they would often get surgery of the double eyelids. You know, right. and yeah. the, the well, features in like Korea that. they do that too, but that's also a Korean thing. That's You've something they've the always like. Of course I do. I'm right. half European. Yeah. but It would be very unusual for me not to. Confirming because I'm not sure what that... You've got them too. Yeah, but are, there, are those surgeries... <laughs> is that based on... Hang on. Is that is that based on Western like ideals of beauty or is it mm. just based on Asian uh, like ideals that existed mm. before the colonialism of mm. Europeans and, and so on? I would say it would... From my understanding of it, the Westernized beauty standards may have contributed to the rise in it. But it was already there. I I believe mm. it was already there. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we can just blame like imperialist. Because you you your eye does look bigger when you yeah. have a double eyelid. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say this: um, Vietnam was colonized by the French in the 1800s. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we we've been colonized for 200 years until Ho Chi Minh you know took over in the revolution. Mm. So we did have major major French influences. Francophiles. In- <laughs> in culture, in dress, like we wore suits and stuff in Parliament and stuff. Before that, we just wore our normal traditional clothes yeah. in Parliament. Um, language, you know, um, a lot of the old Vietnamese generation speak French. Um, yeah, so we had a major Western influence in that sense, and um, no doubt beauty played a role in that as well. Absolutely. The but, other yeah. thing that I would I'd say it sort of parallels a little bit with with Japan and its experiences with Europeans coming in. Uh, as well that was really interesting i have a friend of mine who's half japanese and he was telling me about it how um the japanese today they have almost fetishized perhaps french culture or german culture Mm. when you watch miyazaki's films one of his films yeah you will see that and it is trickled down as a young man and uh brought it back that obsession and i think it's i don't know it was already there no, yeah. no, no, but you can see, I'm saying, because Miyazaki is typical, he's, he's yeah. a Japanese, he's not a typical, but he yeah, is a Japanese man. No, 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 he's a reflection. Japanese of high society tend to send um, their children to French and German boarding yeah. schools, they finishing schools, yeah, to fetishize the... Um, Get out of town. Yeah, it's very, yeah, they have the very, um, the, yeah, and uh, France and Japan have this really... Um, Coerced relationship when it comes to cultures. French culture is very obsessed with Japanese culture with and vice versa um, from it, from this influence. And you can see it in films and art and stuff like that. Um, well, one other funny, it's also sad, funny thing. Uh, Japan's embassy actually has a special program in place for tourists from Japan who have, go through culture shock when they come to France because often they 
don't expect France to have the problems it currently has. They think France and Europe are supposed to be really well developed. Yeah. And they go into I culture shock like when they World. see the homeless wandering, because yeah. there are a lot of homeless at the moment, yeah, especially the in France. Yeah, the homeless plague and the, ra- and the racial um, rioting and stuff like that, with the racism towards Northern Africans mm. um, in France. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, when you see that in our media, our mass-consumed media, like... Ghost in a Shell. When you see those whitewashing moments, mm. the thing is, you I, I was had totally a chance. I totally with that because I was like, yeah, it's based on an anime, and she's a robot, so it's like. It, and she was drawn with Western was a German features. company, and yeah, the anime she looks was. Western, so whatever. It's, a, so it's Hong Kong. By, it's, yeah. it, it's not. Yeah. But then yeah. I read that article where the American Asian women watched it, and how many times they kind of had to cringe through certain sections, and especially some of the interactions she had with her mother. Because one of the actors was a Japanese American, so she knew how false that rang. Yes. So that, and because it was they were American writers, they didn't realise how yeah. weird that was. Um, just culturally, how wrong they got it. So for me, it was more. Yeah. I was more upset by that than the racial stuff that they got the cultural um, coding and mores completely upside down. Absolutely. Once I heard that, then I was like, yeah, fuck those guys. It's just, it's more disappointing when they had the opportunity to Mm. educate themselves and they didn't. Uh, Especially when it's something so easy to have perhaps captured uh, by simply asking someone who may have been half, you know, half Japanese. Another example of this is Kitten Timor released a Japanese range like last year or something. And um, one of the women who modeled it, I'm not sure if I can talk about this. there was a lot of issues. She was Japanese. And I have to say, the dresses she was modeling, one of them in particular was not Japanese. It was Chinese classic pinup. And oh. so when I first saw it advertised, I was like, yeah. why are you calling it a Japanese dress? Because do not confuse our two cultures. Like, yes, there are similarities because there's been a lot of cross-cultural exchange throughout the many centuries. One will argue they both stole from each so other. Yeah, and to, to certain degrees. But at the same time, the Chinese pin-up dress is from the Manchurians, when the Manchurians were in power in, the, in their dynasty. So it has the high collar, um, the Mandarin collar, as it is actually known. It's a style. It's a style. Um, that is what you call that collar. Uh, and it's called a chipao or chongsam, if you speak Canto. Uh, anyway, it, it is... It sounds almost Korean, chong. Chongsam. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't no, speak Patrick. Korean. No, no, no. no. Chong no. sounds no. like Korean, so... <laughs> no. Okay, I'll stop. So, yeah. I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't been to Korea yet. I'm sure when I, I go, we'll see it. I actually want to ask a really quick question. Um, what about Memoirs of a Geisha when they cast a Chinese girl to, to do... <laughs> Memoirs movie. of a Geisha was written by a white man. Yeah. It okay. was never correct to begin with. Even back in the late 90s yeah. when it popped up, I was like, no. Mm. Um, so when they named their, um, their they named that line memoirs of a kitten and I was like how apt oh, wow. you guys have no sensitivity and no idea uh, it's not just a terrible marketing thing it's also just I, it, you have the resources you can literally google this shit uh, what pissed me off the most was they're a design pinup. And they are considered one of the top pinup, you know, very reputable pinup design house here in Australia. They're Australian. They're supposed to be Australian and French, you know, intertwined. And I was pissed because they used a Japanese print on a Chinese 
dress and called it Japanese. And I'm like, was there ever a Japanese designer in this process? Because they could have told you straight away that that is Chinese. It has the Chinese cloth yeah, buttons. But I mean, that sounds like the whole super dry thing. Where they sell it's an English brand with English all English Japanese. Brand where they have like, mm. And it's funny because I used to go to Japan and you would England, see mate. Japanese people oh. wearing fashion with English words on it. But the yeah. words would make, they would just get any noun and any adjective and put them together like, I don't Lol. know, happy fire. You know, uh, then, in Chinese, it's fashionable now for old yeah. people to wear swear shirts. Swear shirts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. English, yeah, they do. Right. They yeah. think it's funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, apparently, according to Japanese people, I've run into when they see the super dry stuff, it's got a lot of nonsense kanji and characters on there. Yep. So it might be something like that, where it just looks cool. But it's not quite. But legit. it's also a serious misrepresentation. You have to remember the rape of Nanking was a big issue between us and Japan. That has always been an issue. Like, that's one of the main. We've always had, you know, on mm. and off again conflicts with Japan. But the rape of Nanking was a big issue. Um, it was very upsetting. I don't know if you guys know the history. I think most that. people do. Yeah. Okay, rape so. Nanjing is pretty infamous. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Japanese soldiers basically came over. Mm. Um, there's a famous they story the about one of the only people that managed to save a lot of lives and get them sa to safety was uh, a German that was living there at the time. It's really it. awful. Yeah. There's a lot of women were comfort women, and that's the nice term. It is not nice what they went through. Mm. Um, there were cases, I think, of children um, having being forced to shoot their families. Um, mm. If they wanted to survive, it was pretty yeah, the full great on. Models in terms of uh, well, how the, to the, wage war. The problem is, is that. A lot of people say what came out, all those stories, you can't really tell what's propaganda, what was exaggerated, what wasn't, mm. because the Japanese destroyed all the records, records and history, and and history the so you don't actually history. know. And one thing I've heard recently is it's the only country which still celebrates its war heroes as such. You know, they go and they lay wreaths at the gravestones of these generals that basically massacred an entire... Um, communities, uh, millions of people, um, whereas in Germany it's completely upside, it's the other way around where they'll kind of basically bury it and they'll try it like never again, like you're not allowed to have swastikas and you know that sort of thing. It's illegal to have any kind of Nazi paraphernalia, whereas in Japan all that sort of um, very militaristic uh, type, the same symbols that they had back in those wars, they'll be driving around in giant black buses waving flags and getting on loudspeakers. And so they've got the same kind of nationalistic, um, it's, I guess, And that's the arguments used in the American South about, like, you know, the Civil about War generals. About those statues? Yeah. 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 Down? The statues, yeah. you've got the same issue there. But at least now it's shifting to where they can, okay, all right, we might have to take down a few of these General Lee flags. Like, you can put those <laughs> those in a museum and talk yes. about why it wasn't great. Mm, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's fine. Like, mm. you know, we need to learn from yeah, history. Don't history, erase history because yes. that's just as bad as, like, you know, mm. pretending it didn't happen doesn't fix how it has affected the now yeah. because mm. Russia doesn't does. have Stalin's statues anywhere. Like, they have it in, in historical ten, sense, but not... They've got plenty of Lenin yeah. statues. Yeah. It was 10,000, well, apparently. Fun fact. Yeah. Did you know the SS, I believe, uh, uniforms were designed by Hugo Boss? Yeah. No, mm. um, <laughs> yeah, what's his oh. name? I uh, got in trouble because he went to an event sponsored by Hugo Boss and he was the, well, not so much the main host, but one of the speakers and jumped up and all he did was rant about how Hugo Boss had designed the Nazi uniform. So, yeah, I think it was a fashion parade or something. It wasn't. So he eventually got, he actually got removed. Russell Brand. 
I mentioned. Really? That was him. Yeah, mm. that was a couple of years ago. I thought that was quite amusing. He just does not care. Um, callback, Chong. I had to Google it. Uh, it's a name for various sweetened foods in the form of marmalades and fruit preserves from Korea. Chongsam is... <laughs> the Chongsam is the dress, you're right. Yeah. I just got them mixed up. <laughs> so you the, were the being racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I'm like kidding. You weren't. Whitewashing. Um, I didn't think you were. I still right. don't really get how... Um, uh, I know it could have had more, say, Canadian or American Asian actors in various roles because yes. there obviously are people in that community there. Yes. But um, Death Note, you know, it's set in Canada, so it should reflect that population. So I don't, I don't really understand how it's completely 100%. Oh, because the, there was an opportunity mm. to make it that way and instead they went a different direction which didn't, in, you know, they but had the opportunity ideal? because the opportunity was already there. It was already written into the original story. Yeah, but it was set in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So if they want to move it to Seattle, then you have to have a cast of characters that reflect... You can still do a callback to it. Yeah, well, they had the Japanese cop that came over. I mean, that was a fairly obvious callback to the connection to Japan. I didn't and, even notice that. Kira. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole... The guy died at the end. Oh, oh, right, okay, right. Was he? I didn't realize. You haven't seen it by now. Come on, it's been out for a year. I have seen it. It's been I'm going to cut this months. out. No. Come on. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Keep that there's got to be, we've got to come up with an expiry on spoilers. Well, it's your podcast. You exactly. can do whatever well, you want. Well, no, it's a team thing, but I don't know. We've got to yeah. come up with a thing so I know not to. Like, I think maybe you guys should. become... When our eyes light up and we look at you like this, that's what we different. Start with the Blade Runner. Do you yeah. need a Do you need a sign to hold up? Spoiler yeah, alert! Like, well, Spoiler alert! <laughs> no, Patrick, no. No, no, no. But Pat can like, see it. How long does it take before you can mention? Right. No. What a year? Six months? Two It's really interesting to to hear, especially a person of color. It's like to really hear you elegantly articulate all these all these points. Um, like for me personally, when I saw Get Out, I related so much to it because we were judged by our color and by our like stereotyped qualities. Um, you know, it's like that, that line, um, you know, I would have voted for Obama for a third term um, because he's black, right? You don't want political views on. Yeah, like, and, and, and they think that they're doing themselves right. These like say liberal democratics, you know, trying to fit in or trying to act more black. It's so transparent. But they're, they're doing this, like a much more worse of a job um, because they're not treating them as individuals. Of, of their merits, but, but skin first and, and talents later. Or, or, you know, like portfolio resume and so on. But yeah, um, so Hazel, any, any final words? Because uh, that was a pretty good talk. Oh, thank you. Um... Yeah, and there was about 50 things that I still want to um, cover. But I mean, obviously we can't do it all tonight. But yeah, uh, I guess I, there's a lot of ground. I would just like to end with that these terms, because I did study English literature that does include film. Yep. Uh, some of the terms you will hear, whitewashing, you know, look up their definitions. They're not necessarily what you immediately assume. Always double check. I always use Wikipedia if I don't remember something. Go have a quick look and just be like, oh, if that's not clear enough for you, keep looking. Like um, Oxford usually has some great resources for definitions. I always go to urbandictionary.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's academically reputable, but yes, you can do that too. Um, you know, as long as you try, just give it a Google. Uh, and... Keep in mind that different faculties use different words with different definitions. For example, when I say, oh, I have a theory and I'm just talking to your friend, that's an educated guess. Yes. But when I'm a scientist and I say I have a scientific theory, 
Gravity is a scientific theory. That means there has been many, many repeat trials to prove this. It's a nutty theory that the world is round. <laughs> and it's held um, up by four giant elephants on top of the great the turtle. Giant that, tortoise, yeah. Yes, that swims yeah. through space. Yes, uh -huh. yes. Obviously. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, everybody, that was. Uh, thanks for listening. That was a yeah. really different uh, theme and and viewpoints from other episodes, but it's been really fantastic. Yeah, give us your yeah. feedback on like these subjects of like. You know, yeah, we you know we want to get away from the shallow stuff of just like um, pop culture and stuff and all that, and just you know, we're all living here. Identity politics, and, yeah, um, you know, things I don't know. As a like I mentioned jokingly before, but it's true. I've got implicit biases I'm unaware of, so I like to have them challenged by someone that's you know had a different experience. And always remember, if you're going to insult someone, do it with purpose. Make sure you want to do it. All right, everybody. Well, that leaves us with Banana Split episode 20. My name yes. is Vin. Patrick. David. Hazel. Grab some dessert and get the hell out of here. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Braintrust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. 